I'm in my uh, 24th year as a priest, and I'm a fat and happy uh, man. It's a funny thing for me to think of, and this gospel always makes me think of it, because uh, to me, it seems a perfect description of an encounter and experience many of us may have had that uh, led us to our vocation. And, and, and it's very predictable, like, at least for me, I remember, and it was fact, crazy enough, it was 30 years ago this year, where I became convinced that Jesus wanted me to go to seminary, and I did not want to go. And it wasn't a matter of, I remember like uh, one of my profs at college was like, is this your family putting pressure on you? I'm like, you don't know my family, do you? Um, nobody was excited about this. We'd worked in the church long enough where we saw the dark underbelly at a level we never probably should have. And for at least me, I, I remember, you know, thinking, I don't know any happy priests. And I, I think I've told you this before. I told the Lord, if I'm going to be, you know, angry and bitter, I'd like to be rich, too. Uh, <laughs> seems like, seems like it'd be a good deal. Uh, say money can't buy happiness. I was willing to try, you know. Uh, anyway. Um, in the end, I went to seminary. And I, and I know I've shared this with you, but I was, I'm embarrassed uh, to some extent, at how good I felt about me. Yeah, here I am doing this noble thing because the Lord had spoken to me. Volunteering for a lifetime of sorrow and, you know, oh my gosh. And I got to seminary, and by the end of that first year, I truly had had this Isaiah-like experience in our first reading, or the same experience Peter had. Are you kidding? You want me? That when I met priests who loved being priests, and when I was surrounded by guys my age and who were thinking about it too, and the more I became clear on what a priest was, I kind of thought they were like baptized social workers. And when I realized what priesthood really is, Truly, I couldn't believe he wanted me. And my struggle became a 180. It went from, you know, noble me, sacrificing all for the kingdom, right? To, God, do you know what you've got yourself into? Like for Peter, you heard him. It literally manifested with him falling at his knees and saying to Jesus, and I love this in Greek, get away from me. I'm a terrible man. And that Jesus' response wasn't what you or I would have said. You know what we would have said, right? Oh, Peter, you're a good person. Yeah? Jesus finds Peter's uh, data both irrelevant and already known. He doesn't even comment. What's he say? Follow me. You just named the disease. I'm the cure. You say you're a terrible man? Well, get behind me. Let's go. And I read the end of the story. Peter did, and it worked out really, really good. I think some of this is probably some kind of prophecy about me being Pope someday. I, uh, I always tell people if I'm the first American Pope, I'm going to pick the name Pope John Wayne. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. Thus, I will never get the title. 
I thank Jesus every day for that. And I thank him for his patient love. And I thank him that he lets me do this. He's nuts. And I'm so happy doing it. In every call, if you, watch, if you read first reading and the gospel, that's the pattern. Somebody minding their own business encounters God. And that that encounter compels them to say what Isaiah said, what, what Peter said, what John, I mean, we can go through all these different people. And what do they all say? I don't deserve this. I'm a sinner. And that God's response is to heal them and say, let's go. When I saw this gospel, this homily, I started banging away on it Sunday. I was so geeked out. I love this gospel. And by Monday, I was half done, and then Bishop Earl sent an email to us all. Uh, I need you to read this instead of your homily. And I was like, well, well no. Uh, <laughs> but then, you know, I remember June 13th, 1998, right? Bishop Carl, Joe, do you promise obedience and respect to me and my superiors? Yes, I do. So here I am. Uh, but what's cool is this. So I got the bishop's homily and I printed it off. And you know what the whole first part is? It's dead serious. Him sharing his experience of encountering the Lord. And having the Lord say, I got a job for you, man. And him saying, I'm not worth this. Are you sure? And the Lord saying, follow me. We wrote the same homily. His is better, but you got me. And in the end, he wants us to take this and apply it to our lives in a very practical way that I'm going to talk about now. Uh, you may have heard different uh, things out there about the synod process that the church wants to do, our Holy Father um, Francis wants us to do. And I'm going to be blunt, I was a little cynical about it at first. Because uh, what's the idea? The, the, the word synod, uh, it, it, it means to uh, come together, right? To, to move together on the way. And I thought, you know, another thing where they're going to ask for our input and then kind of ignore it, you know? But I'm really convinced, after reading what our bishop is doing, that we should get after this. And that, as I describe what our bishop is looking for from us, it's my hope that we take it to heart uh, and, and see what kind of fruit this can bear. So what does he want us to do? Well, he wants us to talk to the Catholics in our life who don't go to church. Now, in the military, that's called a target-rich environment, yeah? You can't swing a dead cat without hitting a Catholic who doesn't go to church. Don't do it, but you can't, yeah? To give you a sense of things, when we do Christmas, you know how it's packed? Six, seven, seven masses this year at Christmas, and they were packed. Guys, that represents about 60% of baptized Catholics. What you see here every weekend, it's about 20 to 25 percent. That's how few Catholics go to church. They come when they need us. Praise the Lord. Praise God. They do. When they hit a wall, oh, they find us. And I thank Jesus every day that happens. But there is so much we miss from them 
And so much they miss from us. And how do we go after it? Well, what Pope Francis has said is, well, let's find out why they're not coming. And so that's step one. You find the non-practicing Catholics in your life and you ask them. The bishop is going to supply us with some kind of starter questions. But here's what he's asking us to do. To sit with one, two, ten, whatever. And have a discussion about can I ask why you're not going to church? And here's some keys he gave us. Do not defend the church. Do not tell them why they're wrong. Your job, my job, is to get data. To listen. To hear what they're thinking and not offer any feedback except to say thank you. And we're doing this because then we'll be given a resource, a website, where we can go and send that data in, and then they can kick it upstairs to Rome. But all of this is to help us figure out what's going on. There are more Catholics in this country than there's ever been, but a lower and lower percentage every year of, of Catholics going to church. So what is it? Um... One of the things the bishop said, and I really liked this, he said one of the things we might find is that, well, I've had these discussions. Yeah, I've had this discussion. And it didn't go well. But you may remember one of the miracles that happened in our gospel today is that when Jesus said to Peter, throw your nets out, Peter said, we haven't had it all night. We haven't caught anything. And Jesus' answer is a very simple, do it again. Yeah. So if you're sitting there and like me, saying, I've had this conversation with nephews, nieces, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, and one time a partridge in a pear tree. I'm just kidding, no ants. But that was funny. Uh, what's the answer? I just came up with that. Uh, the answer is do it again. Right? Do it again, but this time, no judgments, no analysis. Just listen. Let's find out. You know, as a priest, I, I don't say this to be funny, although it is, oh, 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 I know why a lot of people don't go. They tell me. They tell me in grocery stores when they see me in a cassock. They tell me when I'm walking down the street and they see me, and it's heartbreaking, and I get it. I, I can't imagine any organization that has failed on such a profound and public level. But there's more to us than our sins. You're here. I'm here. There's more to us than our failures. This is true or it's not. And if it's true, well, woe to me to let anything get in the way, huh? But anyway, I, our bishop is asking us to do this. And I'm asking us to say, I'm in. I pledge to you. You have my word. I'm going to go after it. I'm going to talk to some of my nephews and nieces or family who don't go and find out what is it. And I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to explain. I'm going to get data. I'm going to listen. My sister's here and she's giggling at the thought of me actually listening. <laughs> we had a handout that was supposed to come this week, but you may have noticed there was a small snowstorm that threw everything off. And so they didn't come, but we'll have them next week for you. 
And what they will be is a handout that kind of is a guide for you to help you kickstart the conversation and to go through it. And then where to take the data you get. It's all on a web page or whatever that stuff is. So maybe take this week and pray, Jesus, who do you want me to talk to? Right? can be one person, somebody at work, or somebody in your family, whatever. And see who the Lord wants you to talk to, and then once we get that handout, let's go after it. This way we can send that stuff upstairs, and they, they can help us figure out what Jesus is calling us to. Now, to be clear, I hope you remember that from the very beginning of my time with you, I've told you I don't want a bigger church. I don't want to be one of those priests who tries to grow the church that often is just ego dressed up as evangelization. I just want us to be holy. And I have a suspicion from somebody I work for, his name's Jesus, tall guy, we've got pictures of him all over, that if we're faithful, the church will grow. That it's not a matter of us trying to figure out how to get bigger as if we're a company. No, we're trying to figure out how to be more faithful. This will help us do that. So next week we'll have the handout for you and ask you to chase this down. And I pledge to you I'll do the same. And in the meantime, this is what I think the Lord's calling us to. And if you're worried that you're not worthy, don't worry, you're not. Neither am I. But that doesn't seem to slow God down at all. If you're worried about doing it wrong, I'm sure a bunch of us will. And it'll be just fine. The church existed for a long time without us, and she'll chug right on along after us. Our job is not to be successful, it's to be faithful. So may Jesus bless our efforts to find out what this is right at the heart of the church, to be good listeners, and to faithfully answer his call with the words, here I am, send me. Amen? Amen. Okay, thank you.